1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should
2: eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. An Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Women's Health, where we discuss issues involving women's health. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at UMMC. As we age, it gets hard to determine what is typical aging and what we should be concerned about. Today we have Dr. Ardarian Pierre on with us. She is an assistant professor of family medicine and geriatrics at UMMC. She is going to be discussing this topic further with us. We would love to hear from you. Send an email to women at mpbonline.org. All right, Ardarian. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Guys, I'm so excited to have uh, Ardarian here with us this
1: morning. Good morning, Jasmine. And I'm super excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me on today. Well, great. So Ardarian, as you guys heard me on the intro,
2: is an assistant professor of family medicine and geriatrics at UMMC. So I have to be honest. I did not learn what geriatrics was until I became a doctor. I was an actual resident before I even knew what this term meant. And so I know so many people out there don't always know what we're talking about when we say geriatrics. So, Ardian, tell me a little bit about what you do.
1: So, really geriatrics just means that I specialize in the healthcare needs of people as they age. So, We know which with each day of life, we are all getting older. And with that comes change, right? Uh, So the kinds of conditions that we just kind of get once we turn 60, once we turn 65 are a little bit different and atypical than what we've experienced before in our life. So that is what I do. Awesome. So uh, essentially,
2: pretty much patients about the age of 60, 65 just really depends on, I guess, each individual geriatrician's cutoff. Correct. Okay, awesome. So tell me a little bit about what are some of the benefits of of having a geriatric doctor versus, you know, internal medicine or family medicine or or things of that nature?
1: I think one of the main benefits is just time. I have the luxury of time as a geriatrician that allows me to be able to take a step back and take a look at the patient, um, to take a look at your medications, to take a look at your chronic conditions, to take a look and see where we can make changes to improve your overall quality of life and overall just to ensure that you're aging well.
2: Exactly. And just like and I think that's a huge piece of time because what happens as we age, that's when you're more likely to be on more medications exactly. so our medication list gets a lot longer. Exactly. Um so we're having to look at a lot more things um and then oftentimes um it's kind of It sounds like almost a family, at least my older patients. You know, there's usually other health, uh, other family members that are there to visit with them that have a lot of questions, not just the patient. So sometimes I feel like you're treating the patient and the
1: family. I'm so glad you said that. And yes, and oftentimes I'll say bring your bring your daughter, bring your children. It is a group group appointment. We normally have sometimes 60 minutes, sometimes 90 minutes to just, you know, dive in and get to know one another.
2: Agreed, and I find, and as a general internist, I feel like that is sometimes the challenge. Is I get my older patients, and they're again a little bit more complex, and yes. I, and I I feel bad sometimes because mm-hmm. I don't have that extra time, and sometimes have to bring them back for another visit sooner than I normally would, just so that we can make sure we're covering everything, right. and that makes it challenging too, you know, getting transportation and all those kind of things. So it's really nice to have the benefit of a geriatric doctor that has that time up front. That's right. That's right. To handle those things. Well, interestingly enough, always I like to give some statistics when I start this show. So the reason I thought it'd be great to have a a geriatric doctor kind of come and talk to us this morning is, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, more than 56 million adults are ages 65 and older, and that comes about to about 16.9 percent of our population um, that we're taking care of. And interestingly enough, that's for the U.S., but Mississippi, we are right there with them, about 16.8 percent of our patients or this population essentially is 65 and older so clearly there is a definite need to be taking care of this group
1: definitely the population is growing exponentially and we definitely need more geriatricians Yes.
2: And kind of like our Darian mentioned, one of the things as we talk about as we age, the things that we're focusing on is a little bit different. Um, And so one of the challenges that we see with a lot of patients as they age is nutrition. So our nutritional needs change. um, You know, our appetite is different as we age. And it's a common question I get in my clinic. You know, mom's not eating as much. You know, what should we do to get mom to eat more? So can you tell me a little bit about is that normal or typical for us to eat more or less as we get older and, and, and how you educate your patients on that?
1: You'll hear me say this a lot. It is It varies. It's really just kind of patient dependent. But yes, as we get older, our appetite changes, our taste buds even change. So the way foods taste are just different. Um, we focus a lot once you reach the age of 65 on Your weight. So a lot of times when you come in to see me, the first thing I'm going to ask, any weight loss? If so, is that 10% within the last six months? Um, And also, you know, just discussing the details of your diet. Um, We talk a lot about something called the Mediterranean diet, which is, you know, there's still a lot of research out there on it. But just pushing lots of fiber, fruits, vegetables, fish um, and whole grains just to make sure that you're getting the the necessary vitamins that you need. um, That's that's good for aging.
2: And you bring up a great point. I feel like nutrition is as big as we age because I've realized the more and more I practice, there's so many things that I take for granted, yeah. and so you know it's very challenging. I feel as you age to have that healthy diet because, as I mentioned before, you know some people don't have transportation mm-hmm. like they used to, or they're not able to get around, um, and and sometimes we're on a fixed income, so it becomes more challenging um, to have that healthy diet. So,
1: any tips on how to incorporate some of those things Um, we try to give a list of things to look for Um, we have different type of resources in the community called meals on wheels that will help us make sure those who may have difficulty uh, getting meals are able to get healthy options Um, and also just you know meeting different groups Meeting with different groups to discuss um, ways of getting. I'm sure you've heard of pantries. Um, Even before COVID, uh, there were different types of pantries in the communities to just kind of help patients, those who have, who may or may not have um, financial challenges to get access to healthy food. So. Well, awesome. So the other common question I feel I get is, you know,
2: we get worried. We get worried about our parents in general. Mm-hmm. So as, as, as we age, my mom will tell you that the, the roles change. So I'm always Definitely. fussing at her like, well, you know, what are y'all eating? You know, and what did the doctor say? And, and kind of all those things to kind of uh, keep up. So one thing I get from a lot of patients is it seems like mom is not eating as much. And I, I'm worried that mom is losing weight. So what are your thoughts on, on adding boost and adding insure and and those types of things, just if it seems like mom is just not
1: getting what she needs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I typically start with one, just eating together as a family, almost, you know, like we say with our kids, you know, sitting down, having dinner at the table together makes a world of difference. Um, Mom and dad will definitely eat more for doing it as a family. Um, But adding boost and or insure, I typically add that in as a snack if at those, you know, seated meals we are not eating, um, normally I stick with about a palm, like your hand. If they're eating a handful of food per meal, I'm OK with that without weight loss. Um, if they're eating more than that or less than that, then definitely encourage using Booster Insure as a snack. So between meals, not as a meal, but between meals definitely helps get those calories in.
2: And I think that's a big one. So and and I hate to make the comparison sometimes, but there's some truth to it, like almost with my kids, like, you know, you don't sit there, drink there with them for their meal because they're going to sit there and drink the whole drink and then and then they're not really going to want to eat. So I know you want to. So I think it sounds like what you're saying is try to encourage them to eat their dinner or eat their breakfast first. And if you notice that mom just didn't eat enough, then we can maybe do a, a boost or ensure something like that as a snack instead of a meal.
1: One more thing I'd like to add is, as we talked about, uh, the taste buds changing. So just, um, I guess, manipulating the meals a little bit, making sure you add things like herbs, natural spices. Sometimes you have to sweeten it a little bit more. Um, Also, hot foods. Um, Older patients typically like or prefer hot foods versus offering them something like cereals or cold sandwiches. That often makes a difference as well. So definitely have to be flexible in yes. general.
2: <laughs> Not pretty much like I cook this you eat this. Correct. You know, try to work with mom. Work and with Try them. to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what are some things that she that she may like that and she to may ca- like. kind yeah. of encouraging her to eat and, and feeding them their favorite meals Correct. and and those types of things can really help. And the reason, you know, I kinda we kinda started off about nutrition is we've learned particularly involuntary weight loss, so unintentional weight loss, um, it at a certain percent, there's a higher mortality Correct. for our older patients. 10 um, percent
1: in six months.
2: Yeah. So definitely. it really makes a huge difference if if we're not getting good nutrition um, in general. So it's it's definitely a great point. So what are your thoughts about mom and a multivitamin? Like, does mom
1: need a multivitamin? What are you? Again, that just kind of goes back to how much is mom eating? Um, if, if mom has a pretty healthy ap- appetite that's balanced, with their fruits, veggies, et cetera, um, then normally a multivitamin is not needed. Um, if so, I normally recommend any over-the-counter multivitamin, women's vitamin is okay. They will typically all have the same ingredients. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, awesome. This is Southern Remedy Women's Health, where we discuss issues involving women's health. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at UMMC. And today I have here with me Dr. Ardarian Pierre, who is a family medicine and geriatrician at UMMC. And we've been having a wonderful discussion so far about what is typical of aging? What are some things that I should be worried about? And we just really kind of started off with just kind of those common things as far as nutrition goes and and some tips to make sure we're having a healthy diet. All right, our dairy, and so we have learned so much in the first part of this show, mm-hmm. so I kind of want to go to probably one of the more terrifying things that people talk about or come to clinic about as we age, and that's memory. So I feel like a lot of patients, as soon as they start recognizing that they're having some issues and concerns with their memory or even seeing our family members struggle with memory, our first... instinct goes to mama's got dementia right so how how do I figure out you know is my memory normal for aging or am I dealing with or or, or is mom dealing with dementia
1: so as we age I always start out with as we age um, our ability to remember just declines. It's a part of life, just like the rest of our physical body. Our muscle mass changes. So does our brains. OK, um, so dementia is just a large umbrella of different types of or covers different types of causes for memory or cognitive changes. Um, so You know, when I think about times to worry or when should I see a geriatrician, we're thinking about things like, well, did we notice that mom forgot to pay bills more than once or more than twice? Um, Is mom coming out with different shoes on her feet? Um, Is is she able to get dressed on her own? Um, You know, how's her hygiene? So we're looking at big things like that. Of course, there are earlier signs, like if mom has been driving to work, 2 miles down the road for 10 years and all of a sudden she's forgotten how to do that then that's definitely going to get our attention okay maybe she needs to be evaluated but little things like um you know forgetting to i don't know call her daughter at 5 a.m. or whatever you know if she goes back to that routine typically um you know she's okay so it's really hard to say it's different for every patient I normally just say talk to your physician about it. Let us know specifically what's going on, what's gotten your attention about the changes in your memory, and then we can let you know which steps to take.
2: That's awesome because I try to tell people, you know, so many things factor into so our memory. Many. Like think of, think about even now having kids, yes. different stressors in our life. Correct. My joke is always some days I'm lucky to remember my name, let alone Correct. someone else's. But we definitely want to, you know, have a have a conversation
1: with your physician. Definitely a conversation. And a huge influence is sleep. How much rest are we getting? Um, those things play a major role Um, in our ability to function from day to day. Exactly. And then, you know, even things that just kind of look like
2: dementia, you know, if you get severely depressed, Mm -hmm. there's a Mm -hmm. lot of stresses going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to focus. It's hard to remember things. So um, I try to remind patients like, you know, I'll get that phone call that's like, okay, I'm worried about do we need mom's memory? Do we need to come in? What do we need to do? Um, And so I usually kind of just start with come on in. Let's talk about about it. it. (laughs) Let's talk about it. And it's always good to have your family members, too, you know, that kind of help with
1: that as well. You know, one thing I like to talk about, too, is medications. Um, Medications are a big deal. Um, Are they able to take those on their own every day? Um, Is it something that we need to put in a pill, Uh, you know, the pill holder with Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Um, You know, medications are a huge when we think about thyroid disease that's one major one that we see where oh mom hasn't been taking her thyroid medicine well yes she's she's not going to remember the way she needs to because her thyroid is not functioning appropriately so again like you said just a just a huge conversation around what's really going on to see if it's how we need to evaluate and move forward
2: yeah definitely and then also i think when people think of dementia we all go to alzheimer's yeah is, are there more types, you know, is, and
1: how do they differ? Correct. So like I said, in the, in the beginning, dementia is like the umbrella that has things like, or the other dementias like Alzheimer's, vascular dementia, Lewy body dementia, as well as others. Alzheimer's is the most common. Um, you know, it's normally, we hear it a lot. My great grandma had Alzheimer's. Am I going to get Alzheimer's? But then we have vascular causes too, where if we've had a stroke over time, or if we've had many strokes, that means little bitty strokes over time that we may not have even realized over time, the compilation of those can cause some memory changes. And so we call that vascular dementia Um, and then you have Lewy body and then the list goes on so they do defer and again you know coming in to get evaluated and doing a thorough workup to figure out the cause is kind of where we start. Um, another question we often get is, "Well, how do I prevent it? What What can I do?" Um, and it starts with we talked about the Mediterranean diet, um, learning new things, and starting new hobbies, learning something new, being social. So if Mom was always a social butterfly and you notice lately she's been kind of reserved, not wanting to go anywhere, those are things we want to look at and think about. You know, is it a depression picture or um, a dementia picture? So exercise. I don't know if I said that or not, but exercise plays a huge role. Um, even at our age, we know that exercise changes our mood. We just feel better about the day. Um, and it definitely makes a difference. It, it feeds our brain. It's it's natural brain health. Um, music therapy is another option. Um, any songs, music that you enjoy um, always makes a difference as well.
2: And that's so true on so many levels. So I try to tell my patients all the time when they feel like I'm bugging them about like their blood pressure and getting active and, you know, eating right. And I'm a true believer that when you instill a lot of those habits early on, they really play a huge role later in life. And so, you know, as we're talking about our geriatric population, all those things are not good just across the
1: board for good health, but really with memory and cognition it makes a difference Correct. preserving and i'm glad you mentioned um blood pressure so hypertension and diabetes if you if if you have that or mom has that it's important to make sure we keep those controlled because that makes a difference in our risk for you know having a stroke later on and you know developing dementia as well exactly so another
2: big thing that i get when we talk about um dementia is kind of treatment. You know, are there good medicines out there? If I find out that I have dementia, is
1: there something natural I can be doing? Or or what are your thoughts on that? So the natural things are what I just stated, like that diet, exercise, etc. And from a prescription standpoint, if, if, if a patient comes in, and we complete the workup and find that dementia is you know, the calls, there's some cognitive impairment, then it's a discussion, always a discussion first, we're talking about the risks and the benefits of starting these medications. So there are options, but I always tell families, this is not the end all be all, it does not reverse anything. Um, some of these medications will help preserve the memory, you know, where we are, um, but it doesn't reverse anything. So it's really just a conversation, develop uh, discussing, um the side effects, one of the main side effects of one of the first medications that we will typically start is Dinepazil, also known as Aricept. Um And so we'll sometimes start a trial of that if need be. Um, and when we do, we're looking at things like, are you having any weight loss? How's your appetite doing? Because those are some of the main things that we see when starting that medication. If I start a patient on a trial and, you know, their appetite reduces I can't afford for them to lose weight. So I'm going to have to discontinue it. So, again, it's just a huge discussion that's patient dependent. Um, and
2: yeah. And that's a big thing. And and I try to remind everyone listening in, you know, I, we love to share all of our thoughts yes. and, and and educate. But in the end, it really comes down to everybody's health in health history is very unique and family history. So always making sure that you're talking one on one with your doctor and seeing, you know, how things change for you, because as we talk about, you know, memory and, and, and all those kind of things, even things that we take can ultimately affect our memory as well. Correct. And so, you know, sometimes we tell people over the counter medications, they're thinking to those. Oh, that's not, you know, yeah. that much to take. But even those things can, you know, antihistamines, those types of things can really Correct. affect you you as well
1: yes those medications like benadryl oh i can't get mom to sleep i just gave her benadryl i've been giving it to her for a while and it works but there are side effects to that there's a chance if mom gets up to go to the restroom there's a risk of a fall right these some of those medications are sedating so definitely want to be careful with that and you
2: also brought up a great point that affects our memory. And as we're talking about Benadryl to help us um, and those types of things is is a big thing is sleep at this age. Mm-hmm. How to how does our sleep change as we age? Because I get so many people
1: I'm not getting eight hours of sleep, but I feel OK, <laughs> Dr. Kinsey, like what should I what should I be doing? Yeah, well, I hate to keep saying it. Definitely. uh patient dependent it's funny because my husband and i were actually having a conversation about the presidents and the most successful people in the world and some of them only get four to five hours of sleep and they're the most brilliant folks in the world so you know we all have a different requirement but as we get older our need for those different stages of sleep certainly reduce like we don't need it as we used to
2: Yes, and so we're going to go over here to our first caller that we have on the line. All right, D from Atlanta. Okay, hi, yes, D.
0: Hello, hey, hi. Uh, I am so happy to hear you speak today. Um, I'm from out of state. I'm not here as a resident in Mississippi, but I'm just so frustrated as a gorgeous, vivacious, 69 year old that when I tell my doctor something's wrong, they look at you and say with these puppy dog eyes and say, oh, that's because you're getting older. (laughs) And I just want to hit him. If I wouldn't go to jail, I would probably slap her. But what I see now is that I need a geriatric physician who won't give me those those, those sad eyes. Oh, you have this problem? Oh, that's because you're older. Tell me what I need to do. To fix it like you're saying today and and or like show me a list of what I can expect, so you all have made me feel better today because i'm I'm really angry. I'm about to fire my doctor as soon as I get back' back home and
2: get a
1: geriatric <laughs> physician, Wow. Thank you so much
2: for your comments And, you know, and, and I, t- I tell everybody, you know, I think a lot of times many physicians are really doing the best they can, oh, yeah. but I will say I've learned so much from my geriatric colleagues. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll shoot them a text message every now and then, you know, remind it, are you seeing a lot of this? But do you make a great point, particularly a lot of our patients that have a lot of medical problems and things like that that are going on? You know, being, you know, trained in geriatrics, you just get a chance to see it a little little bit more often Mm -hmm. than others so you get you get that kind of advantage of seeing the trends of that particular age group and the challenges of that particular age group
0: okay and I saw my appointment list that they give give us 40 minutes and that's it but the physician today says she gives her patients a little longer so that you can really explain what's going on with you so I I really appreciate that and I'm going to get a new
2: position and thank you so much Thank you so much for your comments, D. and you have a wonderful day. Well, okay. take care and have a safe trip back to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, they're
2: waiting for me to get back there. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Women's Health. And I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey here. And I have Dr. Ardarian Pierre here with me, who is a geriatrician here at the University of Mississippi. And she has, we have just had a great discussion about things just that are involved with typical aging that you see. And we're going to go right quick to our next caller, who is Shannon in Brandon, Mississippi be. Shannon, are you on with us? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, morning, Shannon. Uh, Good morning,
0: y'all. I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well, too. Thank you. My mother is 82 years old. In the last year, she's had two GPs tell her that she has dementia. It is obvious that she has dementia and it's it's pretty consuming right now. What type of doctor do we need to take her to to, to get a proper diagnosis and look at the medications that she's taking now and
1: See if anything can be adjusted, would that be a neurologist? Good morning again, Shannon. This is Ardarian. That is such a great question, and that's exactly what we're talking about today. Um, yes. So, yes, that is that is our role um, right here at University of Mississippi. A Jerry Chisholm geriatrician actually can evaluate we call the medication review we call that polypharmacy so we can actually review all of her medications completely evaluate her for dementia we do that in the mind center you may have heard about it we can get you some information on that Um, and we can make sure that you know is this dementia or is it something else we'd be glad to get her evaluated and, and get her taken care of great question
0: Wonderful. And, and if I could just ask one more, of course. uh, little piece of advice. Is there anything else I can do as a daughter to more than always be happy or show the emotion that's appropriate for the situation? Be patient. Um, try to get her out of the house um tell her I love her hug her give her a kiss on the cheek do you, do you have any other recommendations
1: for a child oh my goodness shannon all the things you stated are all the things that we encourage just okay. reminding you i just want to encourage you and say it sounds like you know this this is potentially the disease and I'm going to yes. do everything I can to be patient and love on my mother right now. Um, yes. We do have uh, support groups where family mm-hmm. members come together to exchange information and get tips on how to, you know, do that better. Um, if you have siblings just getting support um, to me- to ensure that you're getting breaks and getting rest so that you can give her the best of you when you're with her. Um, And I will share at the end, we also have an upcoming um, caregiver support group that's called the Caregiver University, where we will actually go in detail to further teach you and train you on how to support her during this time. Okay. Okay. So you're doing excellent. You keep up the great work. Do you hear me?
2: Yes, ma'am.
1: I do. I do.
0: I do. It's wonderful it's so sad and depressing but I I will never let my mother see that. Wonderful. I will always have a smile, a hug and a kiss for her and let her know that I love her.
1: Good. And make sure you're taking care of yourself first so that you can give her the best of you. Yes, ma'am.
0: Wonderful. I'm so so glad you called in today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all have a great afternoon. You
2: as well. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. And we're going to move on to our next caller. We have Miss Claudine in Jackson. Tell us a little bit about what's going on, Miss Claudine. Yes, thank you for for getting my call. I'm calling about my husband. He lost about his muscle mass about two
0: years ago. His birthday was uh, uh, well, last last week, he's eighty nine, in good health. I find that he has less energy, and uh, he can good sleeping. At night, eight hours, and he nap off and on during the day. So I'm just wondering what um, could I do or what could we, uh, maintain change diet or we walk about two, three, two, or um, more times a week for over an hour. And he just doesn't do any other exercises other than the walking. And I think we might need to do some, some weight lifting to build muscle.
1: Thank you, Claudine. This is our Darian. Thank you for your question. Um, So you you said a mouthful when you said he's walking. So if he's walking well, um, I would simply recommend adding the ankle weights that will help with muscle mass and even the little um wrist weights and so when he's walking encourage him to use those arms and that will do a little bit of lifting like i said earlier um our muscle mass does reduce with age but that exercise make a host makes a host of difference to you know increase our muscle mass as much as we can as well as improve or maintain our bone health okay thank you thank you're you welcome
2: so yes ma'am Thank you so much for your call. And thank you, Claudine, because Claudine actually brings up a great point as we, as we talk about things um, that are involved with typical aging. And so we do see that. We see that loss of muscle mass and males and females. And a lot of that oftentimes has to do with hormonal. So our mm-hmm. testosterone, estrogen, all those levels that are involved with uh, building our muscle mass that we can see that decrease over time. Now, I'm not saying that we should go get testosterone injections or take estrogen right. to help improve that but kind of like our Darian was saying doing that um, the natural mm-hmm. way getting out there exercising staying mobile adding some weights as tolerated to help build with that muscle mass as well.
1: Let me add one more thing I love to share with patients about YouTube. So, we're you know, we're all even even my patients, 80s and 90s, they're coming in on their phones and, and iPads. But YouTube has some great videos for seated exercises as well, where you're simply picking up your knees and doing little, you know, fun little moves in your chair that also, you know, will increase that muscle mass and help you burn calories and so that's pretty fun too. You can check that out.
2: And that's a great example too for days like today. And we've got a host of rainy days through right. here and you you think about, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten out and walked for five days or so. YouTube and different exercises, mm-hmm. even on I, I'll never forget when I was a resident, we used to watch sit and be fit. And there's yes. there's a show that's and right. it's and it's fr- and it's made by the geriatric society. Mm-hmm. And it teaches you little exercises that you can do in your own home, in your kitchen, in your dining room. You don't need all this gym equipment exactly. um to help with the muscle mass. And do those things so even when we can't get out and walk because of a rainy day like today or also I want I always tell my patients yes I want you out there exercising but please not in August at 1 p.m. Right. you know walking in the heat and they're like Correct. I got dehydrated because Dr. Kinsey told me to walk right. no so I, I, so just that's a great reminder that even if you don't have a place to go out and walk there's lots of things that you can find on TV and online to mm-hmm. stay active that's right We have really learned so much from our dairy and and geriatrics today and and finding out is a geriatrician the right doctor for you. And and so we've appreciated your calls and comments, but definitely uh, want to clarify that, you know, geriatricians are wonderful resources, but maybe not necessarily available everywhere. But, you know, it's something definitely to look into and be mindful that the nice thing about it is that they do have more time to uh, spend with you on your appointments. But that definitely varies from clinic to clinic as well. So I I don't want anyone showing up saying, well, they said she's got 90 (laughs) minutes with me (laughs) because I'm a geriatrician. That's right. So that definitely can vary as you move from location to location. But it's nice to sometimes have a geriatrician who has just worked with your patient population and and, and, and is able to kind of uh, give you some feedback on things that they see that are that are just kind of typical for this age group Mm
1: -hmm. and let me also add that's that that 60 to 90 minutes again variable um is that initial visit so that's for us to get to know one another once we do we do we can do 30 to 40 minute visits again just depending on what's needed so please miss d don't go fight don't go fight your doctor and say dr pierre said um but it, it it does vary and uh you know we are here should you have any any additional questions regarding that
2: So we have learned so much about typical aging. So we know now as we age uh, that our nutritional needs are a little bit different. Um, We know that uh, as we age, there is what we consider normal memory versus, I don't want everyone to think when they're having memory loss that we have dementia. Please talk with your your provider so that we can help you determine is my memory loss normal? Is my memory loss abnormal? Um, Also understanding that our sleep patterns change as we age. And so there's just so many things that we can see that happens with um, this patient population um, and, and our typical aging. This is Southern Remedy Women's Health, where we discuss issues involving women's health. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey, who's here with Dr. Ardarian Pierre, who is a geriatrician at UMMC, and we have had a wonderful discussion so far about typical aging. And we are going to take our next caller here. We have ray from memphis
1: hi ray
0: hi how are you
1: we're
2: good
0: i want the question is my question is what is the age for a a geriatrician i mean what what is the age range i mean you have to be over 70 or over 75 or it doesn't matter
1: great question so it actually can vary i hate to keep saying that but On average, it's about 65 years of age and older, but sometimes we'll see patients younger if they have a lot of, you know, chronic medical conditions and sometimes it's older. So if you're 70 and you're still playing tennis and traveling and doing well, going to work every day, whatever, if you're really, really healthy, then we can push it to 75. So it really just varies based on the needs of the patient. But the average age is 65 years.
0: Okay. Does like high blood pressure or anything have any impact on the dementia?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. We were actually going to touch on that in a little bit. So um, hypertension over time, if it is uncontrolled, that means we... Or taking our medica- medications the way we're supposed to, or we're not, or we're not being adequately treated, or we're not watching our salt intake, all the things that influence hypertension over time can certainly, when on control, increase the risk of developing one of the dementias, particularly vascular dementia.
0: Okay, so it's like, there's, is a chemical buildup in the brain from the senses or something like that, that causes it?
1: Well, when, when when we refer to hypertension specifically, it's almost like little bitty strokes over time and our brain just doesn't talk to the to to itself and different portions of the brain the way it used to. And once we start losing those connections, then we start to lose our memory. We're not able to connect. We, we use the term sometimes synapses, which is but those synapses don't connect the way they used to. And so we will forget things
0: Okay. Thanks for
2: taking
1: my call. Oh, definitely. Have a good day. All right. Thank you you so much, Ray. We're going to move to our next
2: caller. We have Mary here um, from Hattiesburg. How are you today, Mary?
0: Uh, I'm great. Thank you. I hope y'all are well. Thank you. I'm calling about my mother. She's 84, and she's had AFib for almost a year now. And uh, she's seeing a heart surgeon and a heart doctor. They've put in a, a device to monitor the AFib but she's still having really bad dizzy spells and uh, pain in her heart and her arm. And they're supposed to put in a pacemaker on the 3rd of May. I was wondering, is it normal for them to wait this long for someone who's in pain like this and having such dizziness to to get uh, help?
2: So, Miss Mary, it's really hard to say that because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, everyone's medical history and everything is a little bit different. Um, it is not uncommon to wait some time between um, getting procedures done. You know, it just really sometimes depend on the severity, depend on the complexity um, of the procedure and other kind of factors that uh, that factor in. So from a personal standpoint, have I seen it take that much time from from now to later getting this procedure done. Yes. Um, but I also know that, that, that a lot of cardiologists weigh a lot of different factors. So I hate that I can't really give you a clear cut answer because I, I definitely know that it varies from patient to patient. Um, and what their particular s- symptoms are, what their imaging is looking like, a lot of factors that the specialists take in, in, into place when they're deciding to move forward with these procedures.
0: Okay, I just didn't know if we were having a shortage of doctors, surgeons, and nurses in Mississippi that was affecting the times or or what, and I'm just concerned about my mom,
1: oh definitely,
2: yes, ma'am. We understand and and I try to tell you know patients all the time that you know um. Even you know though though there are shortages here and there in healthcare, it's really kind of across the country, um, not just necessarily isolated to us. That there are challenges throughout the healthcare system, but a lot of times, you know, I, I don't feel that we're at the point where where it's jeopardizing a lot of people's um, particular health, it, particularly in, in cases like this. But it is not uncommon for for it to take a few weeks sometimes with with procedures like that
0: appreciate your answer, and it makes me feel better. And y'all have a wonderful, happy Easter. Thank
2: yes, you. I appreciate it. You have a happy Easter, too, and you guys stay safe out there in this weather. Yes. You as well. Thank you. Will do. Yes, ma'am. Well, we have had just a wonderful discussion today about, um, you know, some particular challenges as we age, what's normal, what's abnormal. So a couple of things that I do want to clarify from our talk today. I myself am a general internist and um, Darian herself is family medicine trained, but did additional fellowship in geriatrics. So I don't want everyone to think like I've got to leave my doctor and go get me a geriatrician. (laughs) So as a general internist, we do feel very capable of taking care of this uh, and family medicine doctors and even your OBGYNs are very capable of taking care of this patient population 65 and older. Um, We have had training in that. It's just geriatricians have done an additional year of training particularly to this population so they are a little bit familiar sometimes with different health issues and things like that that we see in this age population so if you love your doctor and they're doing a great (laughs) job you don't don't necessarily necessarily have to cut <laughs> to a geriatrician. But we just always want patients to know what your options are out there in healthcare. And it's even a question to have with your primary care provider. I've had a patient that said to me Dr. Kinsey, I was thinking about getting a geriatrician. I do not take that personally. I say, you know what? I think that's a great idea. You've got, you know, A, B, C, D, and E going on, and I definitely think they could be helpful. But, you know, some of my straightforward patients that, you know, might just have high blood pressure and, um high cholesterol and are overall doing fairly well I might say to them like you know I think I have a good grasp on this Um, and I think we're okay Um, but you know definitely again it's a case by case basis so I don't want everyone to feel like okay I'm 65 and over I need a geriatrics doctor that's not necessarily the case but it can be very helpful for different patient populations.
1: Correct. And let me also add that we work together as a team. Yes. So, you know, Dr. Kinsey could send me a patient and we will we can treat you together. You can continue to see Dr. Kinsey and then I will work along to make recommendations as needed. So it's not that you have to leave your primary physician or primary provider. We We, we do it together.
2: Yes. And that's excellent. And just like, exactly. Just like we work with your cardiologist. Correct. uh, So Mm -hmm. our Darian will get my text messages every now and then and some of her other colleagues. And I just make sure I'm on the right track. So, you know, we're never too proud to ask for help if we need help. And so, yeah, we definitely work as a team overall. But all I so our Darian, we have had a wonderful talk today. We have learned so much about, you know, What aging gracefully, what is typical of aging? And just remember to have this conversation with your doctor. You know, if you're having problems or issues, you know, I don't want you to take away from today's talk. Like, oh, it's just typical aging. No, you know, I just want you to be mindful that there are some things that we see that are typical as we age and some things that might need a little bit more attention. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, thank you so much, thank Ardarian, you for, for joining us today. today. A yes. Wonderful
1: experience. Thank you.
2: Awesome. This is Southern Remedy Women's Health is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. I am Dr. Jasmine Kinsey. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy Women's Health on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your
0: iPhone or Android phone on demand.